Hey everybody, this is Base Life episode 17. Thanks for dialing in. Uh, in this one, Ben and Brian and I have a packing mat style casual conversation uh, about books and podcasts and eventually blowout kits. Uh, if you don't feel like listening to some of the banter, then feel free to fast forward to about the 30 minute mark. And that's when we get down to business on blowout kits and some considerations for jumping in austere environments. Uh, be sure to check out the show notes for this one because we cover a lot of acronyms and some good links that may be of value to you as a jumper or a non-jumper. All right, enjoy. Three, two, one, see ya. You're listening to Peace Life Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Brian. All right, welcome to the Base Life Podcast. Uh, here in the room, we got Ben, Brian, and myself, Randy. Whoop, whoop. And uh, before we get to chatting, I wanted to hit a couple of admin notes. On May 18, 19, and 20, Lauterbrunn in Switzerland is uh, the Valley Base Gear season opening party. Uh, there's a lot of activities planned for that. Um, there's going to be, Dukes is going to do a talk. Um, there's going to be, an accuracy competition. There's going to be uh, jumps. We're broken up by like skill level and discipline. So um, if you can make it to Lauterbrunnen, May 18, 19, 20, we strongly, strongly encourage you to do it. Uh, you guys are going to, I know Brian's been to a few of the opening parties, obviously, but super fun. I think, was that the one last year where, uh, is that where Duke handed out the impact cards? Was that the yep. opening? Yeah, was that last year or two years ago? And you that guys last year? like jumped out of a paraglider with a dildo or something? Some, something like that. Yep. <laughs> a butt plug to be more specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, things can be, stuff can be two things, you know? Yeah. It was uh, a relay baton. Yeah. It was relay a, accuracy comp. Uh, there was a helicopter jump as part of that as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so Brian got to jump out of a helicopter, open a parachute, and then... Throw a butt plug dildo butt plug at me. I had to catch it, and then I ran over and took off from a paraglider, and then landed in the valley. And uh, it was fun. And then there was there, you know, we went to airtime for a minute, and then went to the Horner. And uh, yeah, this year's probably going to be even bigger than that. So if you can make it, strongly encourage you to come. Like this year, people are actually going to learn something, right? <laughs> yeah, there's go, they're going to have a bunch of suits there, uh, a bunch of the Phoenix Fly, a Tear, uh, Adrenaline. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some other people, some other brands there and whatnot. I, that's just the ones I can remember off the top of my head. But yeah, if you want to like try on a suit or talk to a manufacturer, that's also a great time to do it. Yeah, I was trying to look it up and get the uh, details, but it's all good. Yeah. How's it going, Ben? Oh, I'm tired, man. Yeah. I'm maintaining right now. I'm just surviving. Survive. <laughs> yeah, dude. Had to, I, like I told you guys earlier, I just could not sleep last night. And then uh, got up at like 4.15 this morning and rolled out and listened to, I'm going to plug Sean's podcast, listened to uh, my buddy Sean's Guard the Guardians podcast all morning and... uh it's proof that 
if there's good content, you can sell it because self-admittedly in that thing, Sean is the most monotone son of a bitch in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm right there with him. <laughs> we should get, we should bring him on. He's a jumper. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a base jumper, but he's a jumper. Yeah. That'd be a good time. Um, and he's a lawyer and he used to be an EOD guy. Like you guys love him. But, uh, yeah, so I listened to that. Um, which is weird. Like, you know, when you plug your phone in to your car, normally it waits for you to ask it to do something. Mm -hmm. It started playing that podcast and I was like, no, I'm way too sleepy for talking and turned on ACDC. It let me get through one, one song and then it went back to the podcast and I'm like, God, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to listen Trying to this podcast? send you a message? Yeah. It was actually kind of cool because the, the idea that, the idea that I would really like to, to do in the coming years for that, the nonprofit stuff, as far as the, the paragliding schools and everything that we've kind of talked about. Um, he had a guy, the podcast, like the episode, it was playing a random episode also. And the episode it was playing was 28. And it was a, a guy who's making communal living, living for vets in Dallas. And it was kind of the same idea, like get people in there hanging out together um, kind of get an eclectic group of people to, to feed off of each other. And it was like, this is, this is kind of weird. It was like, it was kind of cool to get the perspective of somebody who was doing it already. And, you know, we're all attached to the, the vet community. So it was kind of, it was a cool listen for sure. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> Looking forward to uh, seeing how that plays out and then how you, uh, where you take it. Yeah. 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 If I ever do, <laughs> probably just, Smoke a bunch of weed and forget about it. <laughs> or <laughs> do it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got Now we got to. Well, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that, that actually reminds me. Um, while I was in Africa, I had a lot of downtime. Uh, not actually, that's actually not true, but I didn't have a lot of time to take notes and think. Uh, I, I came to, up yeah, I couldn't read with the, uh, base life podcast drinking game or bingo, <laughs> or I don't know. We haven't quite figured out mm. what we want to do with it or like, um, but through editing this podcast and every time you say, oh, I don't know if you're going to edit every time you say edit, I have to edit. Did you notice <laughs> that I didn't use the word? Yeah. You stopped, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I, through listening, I've dip, I've picked up some uh, trends, some things we do, and uh, I think it'd be funny if if we had to drink or listeners decided to drink every time we did one of those things. Um, it's like an add-on to Bull Moose, kind of like for Bull the Moose. podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I, I will Bull Moose you on here one of these days, but not to get not to get derailed. Um, what, are the, what are the rules? So, so far, this is what I got. Um, every time Brian or Andy tells a story about something stupid they did, which is pretty much every podcast, um, <laughs> every time Randy tells the entire story while trying to ask the question, uh, so I'm terrible at asking questions because <laughs> I, I fish my way through the question, like as I'm describing you know, the entire so story. Are these, are I'm these rules the question in the story? <laughs> are these rules that you're putting in place? Are they retroactive? Uh, sure. Why not? 
So, don't I have mean, to shouldn't to Brian be drinking for the story about him breaking his ass off in Spain? Right. Oh, oh we yeah. would have... To, that, yeah. The reason that's on we there can't is go back we, in time, but, like, starting now, like, you could listen to the previous episodes. And, oh, okay. I, I, yeah. okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gotcha. not going to do 12 shots. Right. Why? Because uh, that, I've seen how that ends. It's what you deserve. Mm. <laughs> There's some from you, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're... Yeah, uh... Every time someone clears their throat into the mic, yeah, that's me. Uh, I want Brian, to do Brian it right does now. it too, but he he's like very. Once I brought it up, he became super conscientious of it. Uh, every time I forget the point of my story, <laughs> I went, that happens pretty regularly. Um, every time I talk about breaking my leg, you know, like, it happens. Uh, anytime someone brings up poo or shit or extra excrement. Which is pretty, often pretty much every episode. Um, every time you apologize, <laughs> and then um, every time I talk about being a lazy base jumper, and like skipping the first load. But speaking of skipping the first load, paid off this weekend because the trails were pretty snowy, and some nice young hard chargers decided to break the trail for us. So uh, thanks, guys. Whoever was hitting like first load over the weekend. Love you, <laughs> but uh, what is yeah. that? All of them? Yeah, that's all I got so far. Um, if anybody's listening to this and they've picked up some things that we do regularly, or things that would be funny to cause everyone to have to drink or play bingo, I think bingo cards would be easy to do somehow. Eventually, or, if people start listening and are like actively listening mm-hmm. while this is going on. It'd be awesome to have, you know, the little, like, r- the write-in. Oh, this, yeah, streaming kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm chat room yeah. where they're like, they're, like, slap yourself in the face. Yeah, or have, like, Go a hashtag associated Facebook with it or, or some way to. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Hmm. Yeah. Stick your finger in Randy's mouth. Yeah. Feedback, anyone. That should be. Anytime Ben makes a sexual reference. That's not <laughs> sexual. An awkward sexual reference That's that not we sexual might at all. cut out. <laughs> you know, several times in my life, I have had too much to drink when I was much younger. And, uh, you know, very good friends of mine forced me to throw up those booze. And that's just being a good friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially when you shit yourself <laughs> as you're throwing up. <laughs> I think I still have that video. That was not when I was younger, though. We might have to <laughs> password protect that one and <laughs> share it. No. I think we shared it. <laughs> Dude, we, should do a, we should do like a donation oh, like, thing where if uh, if someone pays like a dollar for some, you do a charity event, they get to they get access to see that that video. Oh yeah, 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 we, yeah, yeah. And we're we're looking into having like a private site that you know followers listeners can log into for other other content you know like, it's called www.pornhub.com yeah <laughs> it's another <Yeah>. drink <laughs> oh, that was way funnier in my head <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm leaving it in <laughs> yep this is what this is what two hours of sleep and a beer does to me now yeah, why? Uh, why? Why don't you think you're sleeping well? Oh, just because I was worried about getting up. Mm, Same thing. Yeah. I set f- you know three alarms all with without 
being in reach of my of my bed, and still I can't sleep through the night because I'm worried I'm gonna not wake up. But yeah. I uh, so I find that I don't sleep well at higher altitudes. Like yeah, um, like I was in in uh, Rwanda last week and. I couldn't sleep at all. Um, yeah, that's a like, real thing, though. Yeah, like when I was in Ethiopia, same thing. Mm-hmm. That's another. They're both above four thousand feet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Someday we'll have a guy that can look that up for us. But for the meantime, I'm just gonna guess. Doesn't matter. And <laughs> does anybody else? <laughs> Brian sitting in front of a computer. He's like, right? <laughs> nah, I give a shit. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work. I miss the days of being able to just like bullshit something, and as long as you like really sold it like you believed in it you know you delivered it right people just be like ah seems legit that's pretty much my job every day (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking about things you can like look up on you know google oh that's the funny thing if people would just look up things on google they would know that i was lying to them (laughs) (laughs) i get i get asked the google questions all the time you know like uh Stuff that there is literally no way I I could possibly know, but it's like let me Google that for you, and so like I've I've emailed guys the uh, LMTGFY let me Google that for you website and it's like LM, LMGTFY.com. dot mm-hmm. They click on it and it just takes them to Google. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's your answer. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than having to copy and paste from. The email before it, where he says, what date is it? Copy, paste, there's the date. <laughs> Please just fucking read the email. Yeah. That's totally me, though. You guys will send me a bunch of products like, hey, you want to join in on this? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. All, all those is it? we <laughs> didn't invite you to, or <laughs> even though we did. Yeah. Um, send you a link to the event and yeah. it's like, well, when is it? It's like, it's bringing you into the group chat. It's in the link <laughs> waiting for a response. Send that, a text message to go check your Facebook message. That was just because I didn't know if I was still going to be here or not. I, I didn't want to, yeah. I don't want to tie up a spot and not have it get paid for. But then you reading any books right now? Yeah, I'm reading. Well, only two. I just finished one. I'm reading sapiens because Lo told me to. It's very interesting, and I just got done with Endurance about the Shackleton expedition, which was really cool. Uh, it also makes me feel like a little crybaby in my in my own life. Can you elaborate a little bit on the Shackleton experience? Uh, yeah, this guy, Ernest Shackleton, uh, he left on an expedition with, I think, some, like 30-some-odd crew members in 1915 to try and hit Antarctica, and sailing through the Antarctic ocean in a custom built ship that was like made to crush ice specifically. And, uh, basically no one had done it before. So they didn't know, you know, they they had no idea how this was going to go. They just got a ship that was built like a tank and sailed like shit. They didn't have Google maps or anything. No Google maps. They did not send anyone to let me Google that for you. And, uh, the ship gets caught in an ice flow. The ice flow ends up crushing it and they are forced onto the ice and the book is is a compilation of all these guys. Um, when they got back, they all had kept journals. It's like the only thing that they kept on them. And they kept journals, and they spent like 560-something days on the ice. And the stuff that's happening to them is just 
it's completely outlandish. It's uh, yeah, it's it's like have, have you guys watched that movie Annihilation? Yeah, it's that weird. Okay, that's like their experience on the ice, or like uh, what's the movie where the the spaceship goes to hell? Event Horizon. Event Horizon. It's oh, it's yeah. like that kind of weird trippy. Like polar bears are trying to kill them. An orca whale is hunting one of the guys at one point through the ice. Um, oh no. The ice flows are like they're getting big swells underneath them, so they like the ice flow wherever it leverages in the middle crack in half, and so they'd move onto the biggest piece next to it. And another thing would come in; they'd be asleep and crack in half, and guys would fall in the water. Their friends would pull them out. I mean, it's freezing. They're in like wool coats their wives made for them when they left. Mm. It was wild. Yeah, mm. definitely made me feel like a, uh, not a man. Like these dudes finally, like three of them, get loose—not loose, but strike out on their own after they sail this little ship across this like 200 mile stretch of, of ocean full of ice in like a life raft, basically rowing it, you know, mm. and, uh, find this Norwegian shipping or whaling village. And they're like, Hey, we got to get help for our guys. And it was still like, another, like <laughs> it reminded me so much of working, you know, around the government. It's like it still took them five months to acquire a ship to go back and get the rest of the guys. Yeah. So all the other guys were just like, well, they're dead. <laughs> you know, like, no one's coming. Oh, yeah, that, that reminds me of the quote, and I'll probably screw it up, but it's, uh, there's no greater force than the will to live, or there's no, no greater power than the will to live, something like, something like that. It's like you, you never know how hard you can work until your life depends on it, you know, or, or whatnot. Yeah, they had a little excerpt from a, I think it was a British explorer, um, these guys were all out of the UK. Maybe it was a Norwegian explorer. Anyways, there was some professional explorers that had a little excerpt in the book at the end. Cause the book was written like two years after they arrived by an author who got to personally interview all the guys. And, uh, this British explorer, I think, I think it was British 50 something years later, like 55 years later, uh, wrote about the, the route that they took over land over the last P the three guys, the, the captain, and like his two, his two most trusted guys, excuse me, the route that they took over the island, they tried to repeat 55 years later with 55 years newer technology and gear and everything. And and the guys were like, we have no idea how they made this. We, we can't tell you. Wow. Like no gear on them. So, uh, it was pretty cool. And then I'm, I've been reading, um, drive, uh, uh not familiar with that one yet. It is uh, a book about how basically to organize people and help them get the most out of themselves for the greater good of a, a larger organization. Really interesting. Yeah. For the greater good. It's all science. It's like science-backed. It's really cool. Yeah. So you said you're, you're picking up Sapien? Yeah, I'm about halfway through Sapiens okay. right now. I'm, I'm going to start that one after my next one, but uh, um, I'd be willing to bet either Lowe got that from Alex Amard or Alex got it from Lowe because Alex recommended it to me as well. So I've already got it on my phone. I just haven't finished the other book. I can't start another book. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I listen to books because I spend a lot of time in the car. So Yeah, same. I actually have a lot of time to just sit down and read. You know, there's something therapeutic about actually turning pages. Yeah. The interesting thing about Sapiens to me is 
I really like debating the, I really like debating philosophy and I guess religion too with people and, and just talking about it. like it's, it's a tantalizing thing I think to try and mash numbers on, uh, f- uh, for me at least, and uh, I like hearing people's perspectives on it and and how their perspective is uniquely molded by their their upbringing and you know where they've been in life and uh, low. I was asking a question about, uh, I put a question on Facebook or something about selflessness and altruistic selflessness and low responded. He's like, Hey, you should read this book. There's some interesting stuff in there and it is interesting, but I'm, I got to go back to that conversation because there's, there's also basically a large portion of the book so far that I've been through where the guy's talking about how all humans uh, more or less, I mean, not more or less, all humans came from kind of three separate breeds of humanoid, of sapien. And basically one type killed off the other completely because it became smarter than the other. Hmm. But it was still breeding with that. Yeah, the other like one. Neanderthals and yeah. Homo sapiens were kind of commingling. Yeah. Homo sapiens eventually put them out. Yeah, put them out. But basically, as geneticists are finding this stuff out, it's like it's like a scientific bedrock for racism. <laughs> so he talks in this book about how the government is paying for all this government subsidized you know exploration, and these scientists are coming back and like, yeah, this is what we think, and the, the government's like, you can't you can't say that stuff. It's way too controversial because basically you're saying. We didn't all come from the same source. Yeah. So oh. I don't know. It's an interesting book. I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. But yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I was just talking to a buddy of mine at work about this the other day. And he had his blood tested, and he's like, "Yeah, mostly Neanderthal, <laughs> <laughs> but or, like high levels of Neanderthal. Apparently, they can tell that if you get those the gene tests." So, I don't know. Or your face. Yeah. <laughs> or your face. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Brian? You guys, you guys been reading books? <laughs> yeah. We read books. I don't read anything. <laughs> My buddies told me last week. I was like, dude, have you read this? He's like, what do you say? He's like, readings for nerds and rich people. <laughs> <laughs> no, horses are cats for rich people. Horses. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, I mean they are. Fair statement. Right? They don't do much. This is true. They're pretty. They walk around with you on their back. Yeah. Some of them. They are a mode of transportation if you'd want it to be. They can kick you in the head hard enough to make you take your meals through a straw for the rest of your life. That's <laughs> they, pretty cool. They can kill Superman. Really? Christopher Reeve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> both like, huh? Come on. What? They didn't kill him, though. I was like, I just watched the Avengers where they bring yeah. Superman back from the dead. Actually, I wasn't. What was that? No. <laughs> <laughs> watched it on an airplane. I fell asleep. Yeah, good enough. Was, uh, what was that? The DC one. Batman versus Superman? Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that video. <laughs> the Bon Jovi video. <laughs> the which one? Oh, the Bon Jovi video. <laughs> just 
punting punting him in the dick. Is that a link? Is that a link we can share? <laughs> can you, can look, you can send you that out? to Randy or <laughs> I? If you I send it to you... him, you should be able to send it to oh, us. Oh god. I wish I brought I wish I brought my other phone, man. There you go. Get that thing up closer to you. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to refill my beer. It's pretty good beer. Yeah, oh, if anyone's so, if anyone's interested, tell us about the John Bon Jovi music video. I'm oh, sorry, dude. Creative editing will make this work just fine. So, so uh, I was at a dinner the other night. I gotta tell a story. I was at a dinner the other night with a a couple friends of mine. And uh, my buddy was telling me that his wife really likes Bon Jovi and that if she hears Living on a Prayer come on and she's had a couple drinks, you want some of this? Dude, I think I just took most of it. Pour some of that in there. And uh, if she hears Living on a Prayer come on, that she'll get up on a table and, and dance. So, um, so it just brings something out in her that is uncharacteristic otherwise. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean... I don't know. I don't know her well enough to know if it's uncharacteristic otherwise, but that is a particular song that will do it. That's, that's a song. Okay. So I get home. A trigger. And I see on a, a group chat that I have with some buddies that there's a picture of, there's a, there's a video posted of Bon Jovi playing Living on a Prayer. And it's like the old black and white. It's like their music video, them playing it live in concert. So I'm like, oh, my buddy's wife will love this. So I, without watching it, send it to my buddy, who also happens to have three kids. And um, the next morning I wake up and there's a response from him. It's like, dude, my kids were watching that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what What did I send him? So I play it. And it, it's the song comes on, you know, ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. Johnny's got a six string. It's, like, it's normal Bon Jovi mm-hmm. living a on deal. a prayer we all know and love. And then right when he gets to the part, we're like, we'll give it a shot. And the whoa, like the whoa part, this guy just spliced in an edit of this dude blindfolded, butt naked, and this chick just drop kicking his nuts from behind. <laughs> so that's the O. <laughs> and the dude's wow. like, oh! <laughs> I kicked in the dick. <laughs> I've probably watched it 25 times. <laughs> oh, man. And you sent that to your buddy and his oh, kids saw it? That was so good. I saw him at work today. I was like, dude, were your kids really watching that? He's like, oh, yeah. I had the whole family <laughs> gathered around for movie time. There'll be a link in the show notes. For yeah, I really hope we can Swift kicking yeah. the balls. I'll send it to you. Yeah, so to answer your question, uh, I am reading a book. It's called uh, Never Split the Difference. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> Never Split the Difference. It's, yeah. by, uh, it's by an FBI Chris, negotiator. Chris Voss, yeah, former yeah. FBI, top FBI negotiator. Yeah. It's uh, negotiating as if your life depended on it. As if your life depended on it? Yeah. Because one day maybe it will. One day and maybe you don't want to split the difference ever. You don't want to split the difference, and you don't pay the uh, hostage negotiator. You don't. You don't what? pay for hostages. I don't know. <laughs> 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 this book is really teaching you something. No, it's one of the things he mentions in his podcast. Is uh, in his podcast. Well, when he yeah, isn't the mirroring at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, it totally works, even when you know what's happening. <laughs> 
Sorry, I just yeah. so. What? Did you listen to it's it? A techni- I'm still. I'm, I'm almost done with it. On Bigger Pockets, right? I listen to Bigger Pockets. Yeah. Because my brother-in-law also listens to Bigger Pockets. Yeah. And he was like, "Yo, you should listen to this." So I did, and he's like, "You really like the one about the FBI?" So I listened to that one. Yeah. And then bought the book. There's on, a plug for Bigger Pockets. This? Yeah, Bigger Pockets podcast. It's um, it's it's a it's a podcast about investing. I, go ahead, Ben. It's Say a, it's, it's a real estate investing podcast, but they have kind of like uh, cameos from people who have skill sets like negotiating that could be useful in real estate investing. Mm-hmm. They're all very smart people, and I hope they listen to this because from the sound of it, they're all churchgoers, and mm-hmm. we are not churchgoers. But they also have a lot more money than we do. My, my church is in the sky. So is theirs, I think. And I go on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday usually to jump. It is. Um, I do really love. Sorry, that. I was just subscribing to the Bigger Podcast, yeah, Bigger Pockets Podcast, Bigger it's, Pockets Podcast. That's a good one. It's a good we'll, one, man. We'll add a link sure. to them in the show notes for anyone that's interested. Um, yeah, they're 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 entertaining and engaging. Yeah, and, um, I've only listened to probably four or five of their podcasts because it's this was only a couple of weeks ago when, mm-hmm. uh, when I got turned on to it, and then. Um, then I started this book, so I've been listening to that yeah. when I drive. But yeah, it's, good. it's good. They basically tell you how to make money, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And they have people on there like, so how did you get your start? I was 18. I was working a construction crew, and I realized that I had the skill sets to be able to flip a house, so I did it. I made 50 grand, and then I started buying real estate, and I didn't stop for 10 years. Like, sweet. What kind of revenue did you turn last month? Oh, I made a hundred and one thousand dollars last month. It's like, what the? F- how did no one tell me about this? Yeah, that's how I feel every time I listen on their podcast. It's like some stay-at-home mom who's like, "Yeah, I was here with the kids, so I bought forty properties, and now we're millionaires ten times over." I'm like, what the? F- mm. <laughs> and for me, I have decided not to buy a house, and everywhere I leave, tanks. I almost bought a house in Vegas, and then I left. And they teach you how to mitigate that, though. Uh, not when you're a 24 year old, oh, you know, military kid with yeah, but just money when, everywhere. When, when everyone's I'm doing the make you, it rain sign right now, you know, to do I don't know, like yeah, I, I'm hesitant to own property as well. Yeah, my um, dad told me to buy a house when I was 22 in 2005. Yeah, and I, I did it because my dad's the smartest person in the world. Except for real estate, 2008 happened. <laughs> Yeah, because oh. yeah, I, I almost bought one in, in 2007, yeah. right like down the street from my parents. Because I thought, you know, that'd be, just be nice to have a place near my folks. Yeah, I think. Nah. Yeah. My buddy decided to buy a house based on the fact that I was going to be his roommate. And so I was. I was living with him and splitting the rent. And when I went uh, and got out of the military and was heading to D.C., I was like, hey, bro, I'm leaving. He's like, uh... All right, I'll find a roommate, and then the crash happened, and he lost like a hundred grand. Yeah, that never happens though. If you can set it up for renters to cash flow with renters, mm-hmm. so the renting that at that time, rent was half of what most people's mortgages were. So, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe we should. Just recommend people listen to the Bigger Pockets podcast because yeah, they actually know what they're tangent. talking yeah. about. We're, sitting, we're sitting here. Listen, everyone, um, buy beachfront property. They're not making any more of it. Isn't that what's going to happen in California? 
Well, yeah. California's going to break off Air, and Arizona, fall into the ocean invest, if you ask the lead singer Tool. That. Should we talk blowout kits before I finish this beer and move on to wine? Blowout kits. Yeah, so we just wanted to like bring something semi-informational up that is uh, near and dear to our hearts because we want people to have every opportunity to live and make the right decisions. And so blowout kits comes up pretty often in uh, in discussions. And we decided to just sort of talk talk about some of the things that wouldn't hurt you to have if you find yourself in a austere environment, you know, maybe taking some risks, like jumping off something. I would say even not even austere. Not even that austere. Like Lauterbrunnen is, Louder is not austere. And no. yeah, it might be good to have a tourniquet for sure. Yep. So yeah. what is what is actually defined in a blowout kit? Because until you brought it up, I was like, blowout kit, what's he talking about? Other than like repairing a flat tire. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, uh, I searched blowout kits on Google today. Let me search. Let me Google that for you. And uh, three, no, four different things came up. Tire, blowout kits, uh, <laughs> something for your hair if you have a burn. Ah. Oh, so the like, Jersey get, Shore blowout. Yeah. Blow it out. Um, wow. Ooh, the bad. fact that we all knew that was I mean, I just Pretty learned amazing. it today. You got a you situation. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough. And then, uh, and then actual, what I think it was a blowout kit. So I, I'm sure everyone's got a different opinion on what a blowout kit is. I think, honestly, at the very, at the very least, if you're going super minimal with it, uh, for me, a blowout kit would be a tourniquet. diarrheal and, and, and emodium. Yeah. And that's all you really need, right? Like you can plug up any hole with a modium. Yeah. Colon blow. <laughs> but uh yeah, definitely a tourniquet and then as far as airway devices go, uh a nasal pharyngeal airway or an MPA and an OPA, uh which is an oral pharyngeal airway. So I guess we can go through real quick and define define a blowout kit. The average blowout kit uh, we'll go by we'll go by the order of the things that we, you would use. So, first off, before before there, we start going into is this there at an all, acronym for this. Yeah, there's an acronym. There's a mnemonic. But before we go into this at all, at all, I, I'll just say this is not training and this is not instruction. And suggestions. This is just a suggestion. Things to think about. And just like everything else we've talked about on here, it's something we've seen work in real life and that we feel is is beneficial possibly to the base community and to the outdoor community. So, and, and that uh, opinion has been echoed by plenty of people that we've been around who have been in, 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 uh, in occupations that would give them the, the clout to, to make those assertions. So, um, so for, I'll, I'll continue on that in that same vein. I would say if you are going to carry one of these, it's just like carrying your parachute or your wingsuit. It's not really a whole lot of good to you unless you know how to use it and practice with it. So if you're going to do that, like I know you guys know how to use that stuff, but for anyone who might be listening, if you want to carry a blowout kit, it will help you if you learn how to use it and you find yourself in a bad situation where it's applicable. And with that being said, I will, uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll list the contents of a blowout kit. And I will list them in the order of the mnemonic that we would use for treating somebody. So 
Um, you could either use bats or march. Those are the two that I've always used. Bats is bleeding, airway, tension, pneumo, shock. That one's really easy. And yeah, you're going to have to go in and like do a little bit of learning about these things, but I promise it's mm-hmm. not that much. There's this thing called Google. Yeah. Yeah. And just Google and it, bro. And YouTube. And YouTube. There's a guy on YouTube called Skinny Medic. If anyone wants to look him up, um, he's got a lot of stuff out there. It's very informative. Uh, and, and, and a whole slew of other people. But um, you got bats, you got March, and hopefully I haven't had enough beer to not be able to recite this, but March is massive bleeding, airway, respirations, circulation, and hypothermia. So I'll, I'll list the contents of the, uh, of a quote unquote blowout kit by, by March. So for massive bleeding to address that, the things you'd want to have in there is a tourniquet. I really like the, uh, the cat tourniquets. I think, I think it's cat. Um, you can disconnect them and put them around like a real angulated fracture. Uh, they've got a metal aluminum handle, super, uh, super light, but also won't break like the plastic ones will if you're in extreme colds. Um, so you got a tourniquet and then you can have any kind of like bandage you want, something that you can stuff into a penetrating wound. Uh, I recommend combat gauze. It's a, it's a hemostatic agent that has, uh, it's called chitosan impregnation. So it's, it's like a seashell that reacts with your blood and and forms like a paste and then coagulates your, your blood more readily. Uh, so combat gauze is good. Um, and then an ACE wrap basically. So tourniquet, combat gauze, ACE wrap. And then for airway, like I said, the NPA, the OPA, um, and that's really probably all you're going to want. If, if you are a provider, you probably already know this, but you can carry a crike kit on you. And if you have something more major, you can do a crike, but we don't need to really talk to everybody about that. Um, all in all, all these <clears throat> things that you just listed, mm-hmm. how much do you think that would cost? You know, at a, cause I'd, I'd imagine you can get most of those things over the counter somewhere. Yeah. You can find them all online. Um, Viking tactical sells them. Mm-hmm. I think combat, Combat tourniquet or combat trauma kit sells them. Yeah, go for it. And uh, yeah, if you Google blowout kit, mm-hmm. there are people who have these things pre-made. Yeah, They'll but sell I mean, them. you can even if you don't want to buy it from like a, a tactical company. Yeah. yeah, you can put that. Go to Walmart, buy most of those CVS. things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In all honesty, get a, get a little fanny pack. And yeah. Just, yeah. In all honesty, you can get an NPA and an OPA for like nothing, and then you can make a tourniquet, and there's tutorials on how to make a tourniquet as well. Yeah, there's a dude that made a tourniquet out of a bridle. Yeah, bridles, um, belts, shoelace. I mean, anything you can tie around. I mean, there's there's benefits yeah. to having a pre-made one, and when you need a tourniquet, like you need it now, and you need it to work fast. That's why they exist. So, um, but yeah, back to, so back to the list. Uh, for circulation... Really all you're checking is whether or not you have circulation and, and whether or not you would need to start CPR. And then if you do place a tourniquet, you want to make sure that you've actually cut off circulation completely. <clears throat> Clearing away from the microphone because I learned that. It's a drinking thing. Um, 
But other than that, in in the trauma case, if you got a person's no pulse, uh, like, I'll be honest with you, that's it. They're they're a lost cause. Um, for our for our purposes, if you're in like the back country, mm-hmm. like good. If you, you do, yeah, by all means, like do CPR on your friend if they're CPR worthy. But you know, if you're like way out there, don't expend too much energy because the chances of you getting them back is like less than 1%. Mm. Um, and then you've got, uh, so you got circulation and you got hypothermia. A lot of people underestimate hypothermia and they underestimate how easy it is for someone who is hypovolemic or low on blood to become hypothermic. And once you are hypothermic, all of your clotting factors no longer work properly. So if you've got a person with multi-system trauma who just frapped in on a base jump or, you know, like me last year had attention, not, because they're a shitty packer and, you know, doesn't get lucky and hit grass and they hit the, the gravel or the, the pavement. Um, all those little micro bleeds rely on your clotting factors. And if you are cold, your clotting factors are not good. And if you're cold and you are shivering, you're, you're burning up glucose and glycogen. And there's a whole, sea. I mean, I'm, like I said, you can read and watch tutorials on this for days. That's why people go to med school. Uh, but just for our purposes, <laughs> if somebody gets hurt, <laughs> if somebody gets hurt, keep them warm. Mm. If you put them on some sort of a stretcher or gurney or something to carry them, remember their back is now exposed. Bridges freeze before the road, right? It's like you always see the signs. Wrap them, wrap them if they're, you're making them into a bridge. Um, but yeah, I mean... I think it's always good to share one practical story and we all know this story, but last year, um, low and some other folks were, we were all down by the river talking about this stuff. And we had a buddy who was like, really, you think this is applicable? We were like, yeah, it's super applicable. You should learn it. And we kind of half buzzedly half, you know, having some beers down by the river, went over a quick casualty care course for, for the outdoors. And, uh, and that buddy of mine ended up getting a tourniquet save the last day of his trip. Nice it's switch. It's not breathing nice so at the moment. It's got the lid on. So would, it, would that have counted? Could you have bull moosed me? Uh, no, not if it's not breathing. Okay. I mean, it's for, resealed. For everyone listening, uh, I had the wine in my right hand, which <laughs> is the bull moose hand. But I was trying to bait Ben because I wanted him to bull moose me because it was... It was capped, so it's not breathing, which means it doesn't count. But it has been cracked. Mm. I don't know. Do these uh, rules exist online? It's just, just as tight when it's... Yeah, you know. but had that lid not been on there, I would have been screwed. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it. That you know. Anyways. So, where were we at? Oh, yeah, the tourniquets. So, like I said... Um, How much does a tourniquet hurt? It does not feel good. It's supposed to hurt, right? Like, uh, I mean, you're already in pain, but it's not working. If it doesn't hurt, you're already unconscious or you're not doing it right. Those are really the only two options. Um, yeah, they hurt for sure. But the biggest thing with a tourniquet is just that you apply it as high as you can on a limb. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of our buddy, going back to that, that practical example, the guy literally had exactly what we had discussed the exact theoretical situation that we had discussed when we were going over tourniquets, Mm -hmm. the guy had that he had line twists. He couldn't make it back to the landing area. 
He flared into the forest and he was unlucky enough to get a stick through his leg, which hit his femoral artery, caused femoral bleed. And I'm so proud to say my buddy acted exactly as he should have. He left the object in, he reduced it as much as he could, and then he placed the tourniquet as high on the limb as he could. And you want to do that because if you look at all of us, what do you have in your forearm? Bones. Bones, plural, <laughs> right? What do you have in your lower leg? Bones. Bones, plural. What do you have in your upper leg? Uh, one. What do you have in your upper arm? Yeah. So your your goal is to smash that artery against the bone and shut it off, right? And oftentimes in movies and, I don't know, folklore, I don't even know what you call that. Like People have this idea that if you got to cut here, you put the tourniquet right above it. Oh, like bro science and stuff. Yeah, bro science. <laughs> and that's totally wrong because your body's actually designed to protect the artery in the lower limbs on both the arms and the legs from injury. And it does that by running the veins and arteries between those bones. So unless you want to crush the person's bones, it's going to be pretty hard to get the arteries to actually shut off from there. So you do it at the oh, top. Jeez. Brachial plexus, you know, top of the femoral. So like really get in there, you know, like you should be moving ball sack out of the way to get that tourniquet up there. It's a technical term, ball sack. Yeah. Or if you don't like the guy, you should be scooching that ball sack inside the tourniquet. (laughs) Make him pay. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't had a leg strap, you know, a little too close? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, so the dude that, uh, basically was like, yeah, this will never happen found himself in a situation where another jumper with him was exactly what needed, happened. needed yes. a tourniquet. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know that I don't remember that he actually said this will never happen, but it was like, well, I'll just, you know, mm-hmm. I remember his first response was like, well, if something like that happens, I'll call the helo. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, good. Y- you'll call the helo. But if the person's hurt out. bad enough, you've got maybe three minutes to get on this. Uh, that was going to be my question. So yeah. three minutes from, you know, from moral artery, tear yeah i mean it it, it all depends right (laughs) bless you it it all depends right i mean so for the three of us grown male we've got roughly five liters of blood in our body um when you lose when you donate blood uh they take what a pint pint so basically what is it half a liter Mm. 500 milliliters let me google that for you yeah, there you go. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's half a liter, basically. Oh, Brian wants to look that up, but he doesn't want to look up whatever I was. You want me to look up the altitude of some place you were staying in Rwanda? What do you want me to type in there? Rwanda altitude? Yeah, it's easy. Two words Kigali altitude, done. Kigali. Kigali. Yeah, why don't you remember that? Kigali. <laughs> yeah, super easy. Yeah. Kigali, Tajikistan. <laughs> um, yeah so for, like, for the average male, i was gonna look up <laughs> how much do you do how much blood do you do <laughs> one um, pint yeah so for the average for the average guy we've got you know roughly five liters of blood mm-hmm. in our body um when you, you lose when you lose one liter you are in what they call compensated shock so your yeah. blood vessels are all going to constrict and your body's going to go into its its countermeasures for blood loss and you're going to be able to maintain, right? If if somebody stops you from bleeding at that point, you're going to be able to maintain. Um, if you continue to bleed past that point, you start decompensating. And once you get to about the two liters loss mark, 
unless someone gives more gives you more blood, you're you're screwed. Eventually, you're screwed. So, um, and one pint is only less than half a liter. It's four hundred seventy three milliliters. Yeah, so just shy of, and that's just one pint. Yeah. So, important things to remember when you are looking at blood. When you are looking at blood, it always looks like more than it is. Like you, if you see a pint of blood on the ground, you're gonna be like, "God dang, that's a Mm -hmm. lot of blood!" Like it's gonna look like an enormous amount of blood, and that person could probably walk out of there and be just fine. Like they just donated. Um, You know where the phrase "mind your p's and q's" came from? No. It was an old bar saying, mind your pints and quarts, because they served drinks in pints and quarts. They mind your P's and Q's when they're telling people to behave. Huh. Boom. Dropping some knowledge. Damn, just like you just cracked a giant egg of knowledge right on top of my head. I don't get it. Mind your P's and Q's. You've never yeah, heard that pints phrase? Pints and quarts. Yeah, no, I get that. Pints and quarts, but what There's is it? two types of, like they would serve drinks in pint glasses and quart glasses. So no, like, I get it. It's like pay attention to how much you drink. Yeah, asshole. mind your P's and Q's. Yeah. You know, like, hey, mind your drink is in like, uh, just. Right. Is that because you didn't Behave. pay your tab until the end and people would try and like, oh, I just had. No, it's like mind your drink and, instead of misbehaving. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, like, it's just, hmm. it's just short for Good. pints and quarts. Yeah, mind, yeah. Mind your own business. Hmm. I, ah, never I like that. Yeah. I like it. Balls to the wall. Google that. Balls to the wall comes from when they would uh, push the uh, engine speed all the way to the front, and you would because there was a ball on the end. Balls to the wall. So you take really? the ball from the uh, like the lever, throttle. the yeah. throttle. No, yeah. so it's from front. that rap song. Yeah, no, that's from windows. the windows. From the windows, the walls. the walls. Till my balls get up on the wall. Till sweat drops down my balls. Some no, mm. it's no, pretty, pretty no. close. Oh, I thought it was just the second. Sorry, second I drank verse. your beer. Wow! Oh, oh, you man. suck. <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, sorry for anyone listening to did that. that did yes, that happen? Dude, you almost. I almost almost been, but Randy. more importantly, someone probably just wrecked their car because we screamed <laughs> into these mics. We need like, we need to spar because you just telegraphed that bull moose with your eyebrows like a <laughs> muppet. You're like, oh, oh yeah, we definitely need to spar because <laughs> you'll know when I'm going to hit you. You know how to read me. <laughs> you open your eyes real wide. I see a, I see an opportunity for a jab here. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh. I literally like did it and saw his eyes go like this and switched it. And he's like, <laughs> oh, shit. The first uh, base life bull moose almost occurred. Mm. So close. Sorry to everybody that had to listen to that scream. But yeah. Um, in a, yeah. In a nutshell, that's blowout kits. Um, you know, I've, we've talked about it before. Like we don't jump a reserve and we're not at a DZ. We're out, you know, in the backwoods with our friends and it's, uh, it's bad enough that we already, we already have a body count of people that we know. So wouldn't it be nice if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, you know, no one else is coming for a while. Like we all know that when we're out there, mm-hmm. like, if something happens to you, it's it's like with skiers watching their friend get avalanched, you know, like that's it. They're the first responder. Their probes on, you know, transmit, and that's us. So, yeah. well, in our case, Riga is going to be there pretty quickly, but pretty quick. But yeah. you know, <laughs> still, still, yeah. My brother and I, mean, I got to a guy 
on the side of the mountain at uh, below Via Ferrata, guy who had line twists and off heading from the ramp. His shit's on YouTube, actually. My brother found it like years later. But he's way up there on that ledge, and we got there. We got to him like 30 minutes before, more than that, an hour before Rega got up and anyone mm-hmm. up there. Because they came, thought they could land on it, and it was like, no, we'll, we'll, we'll rotor strike the wall if we try and get that close. So they came back with a long line, and they literally had to like pendulum to dock in the two rescue techs hmm. in, which was totally badass. Was that um, one of their record-breaking long lines? I don't know, but it was How, seriously impressive. When was it? This was in 2012. It wasn't last year. No, 2012 probably. Because yeah, they did the, like a world record long line rescue really? last year. Yeah, from the base of like Ultimate Via Frada right in that area. Yeah, like, really. I, I could probably look it up, but it's a really long, long line. Dude, those, yeah, those guys are crazy not the base, impressive. But that, you know, that weird ledge that sticks out from... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. That's uh, that's blowout kits in a nutshell. Yeah. I would highly yeah. recommend having one. Yeah, I'd say my top two items that I think everyone should carry um, are tourniquet and uh, space blanket, personally. Uh, the breathing stuff, definitely important. Might Could need it someday, but I, I've had so many friends get caught on top of a mountain and uh, mm-hmm. have to use their parachutes as, uh, you know, a a warming device, you know, I don't know, whatever. What would you call that? Blanket? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not a blanket, but you know, like a, uh, yeah, they, they had to stay warm. Okay, a blanket. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and we've got at least one friend that's needed a tourniquet. So I'd say those are the top two because they're, they're so small and they don't, you know, they're cheap. Yeah. I mean, you can get a, a nice tourniquet for probably 20 bucks. Maybe less. Yeah. That's a fair statement. And then, you know, Space Blanket, I mean, they're super, super cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, less than less than five bucks. So, and they take up no space, so it wouldn't hurt to have it with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I fly with mine. I got a little fanny pack in the front. I put my phone in there, so easy access to my phone if I am injured. And, uh, oh, I'm an idiot for breathing. This is why I should have brought those notes that I never printed. Um, some sort of a chest seal. If somebody's got a hole in their chest, you want to seal it. And for people who are comfortable with it, um, you have 14 gauge, two and uh, two and three quarters inch needle for doing a decompression. Which, like in three I don't want to say his Mark name. Wahlberg. We all know a base jumper who has been decompressed. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly like that. And actually, if anyone wants to learn, like have a visual aid for learning that Which, in that movie. Three Kings. Three Kings. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Those are real people being shot on a red cam. Those are cadavers. Oh. They got sued for that. So when you're watching that, that's a real tension pneumo in a real person occurring. I didn't know that. And they got sued for doing that. It took cadavers and shot them and see the bullet going through. It's like they literally like hmm. cross-sectioned them, shot them. I have them. no idea. So... Uh, at least that's what my my aunt was telling me. She was working in like Hollywood law stuff. So, mm. but it, uh, yeah, that's a great visual aid. Um, and those are two other uh, two other adjuncts. Like I said, if you're gonna carry a blowout kit, look up the contents, look up their uses, 
find the ones that you think you could be comfortable with um, and learn how to use them. You know, yeah. if, if, if you're like, no fucking way will I ever stick a needle in someone's chest, like yeah. I'm not confident to do that. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's not hard. It's, yeah. it's just, well, I look at not, it like if, if they're probably going to die, you're not going to make it that much worse. Right? Yeah. But you are who you are. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that they're like, no way, no how, no matter what. I mean, I if I mess with you, you it. might have a shot. Otherwise, if you're going to die either way, yeah. well, you know, it's like, totally. well, think about it. Like, that's why I jump with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> when people talk about CPR, you know, oh, hey, you start doing compressions. What they don't tell you is that it almost never works. Yeah. Like, it's just you're literally trying to squeeze the heart enough to push blood to the brain. Mm-hmm. There's a rib cage in the way. Mm-hmm. So when you're imagine putting a sponge beneath two giant pillowcases with, you know, slats in the middle mm-hmm. and you're trying to pump the sponge up to your brain, it's not going to work, mm-hmm. but you got to try. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how, then you know, you get to live with that. Yeah. And I, I can recall the first time I ever did CPR. I had, I was under the tutelage of my father and, uh, I remember starting to do it, you know, and like they tell you like nice, deep, brisk compressions and you want to get, you want to try and impact the heart as much as you can get it to pump, get, you know, get all those one way valves working. And at the time I was 15 and I'm doing what I think is a good job. And I just remember my dad, it was like an 85 year old woman, you know, and my dad's like harder and I'm like harder. He's like harder, <laughs> like harder. And then like, Oh, yeah, this lady's this lady's ribs just broke. Mm. Like, oh yeah, definitively. Yep. And I was like, I remember saying, I think I even said to him, like, I think I just broke her ribs, and he's like, "Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, you got you got bigger problems right mm-hmm. now." So that is um, that is blowout kits. Blowout kits. Just just uh, maybe maybe take something away from that. Think about it. Look look some shit up. Check the show notes. We'll have some yeah. all what bats means March. You'll have links to skinny medic and uh, dirt medicine. Um, so in other news, uh, Brian and I did a little bit of base jumping this weekend. Was, uh, Good for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I got, yeah, got yeah, back yeah. into the mountains. and We were extreme. Yeah. We did three whole jumps this three weekend. Three whole base jumps in one weekend. We're super hardcore. I think that's part of the drinking game. It's an indirect reference to being lazy. But uh, no, the weather was amazing finally and uh we could actually feel a difference in the from the tunnel training you know like um like i saw it firsthand in brian's jumping because i I jumped before i got to see the track um and i could feel it you know in my third jump in particular is just uh tunnel time is paying off it's awesome man yeah super fun yeah shout out to alex amard and satori factory uh, Legend. I'm not going to tell you how much we've spent on tunnel time, but it it's made our tracking a little bit better. <laughs> Maybe not quantifiably better, but <laughs> some of you know the French guys are particularly like, hold on, you paid how much just to be able to track to where? Oh. <laughs> I kind of feel like you guys should do a. Uh, you heard that Al Pacino? What is it? The uh, Love of the Game? That speech from mm-hmm. Love of the Game? Where he's talking about like yards and inches. He's like, 
you know, we claw for every one of those inches. We fight. You know, he's like giving the pump up speech. I feel like you guys should do. (laughs) Yeah. Like a, we pay $7,000 to be able to go 50 feet further, (laughs) but you're 50 feet further, you know? So I'll pay another $10,000 to go 50 more feet. I love, I love fucking tunnel, but yeah, yeah, I do too. But, but I'm happy to see that, you know, I looked at it like an investment toward uh, training, you know, especially like who wants to skydive in the winter? So Mm -hmm. cold, you know, like, like just do some tunnel and, uh, when it warms up a little bit, see, you know, cause you, you have a measurable thing, you know, when you, when you take a break from skydiving, invest in the tunnel and then go back to the sky and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, or, or in our case, the cliffs, you're like, Oh, Oh, I, <laughs> I actually made it farther than I thought I would. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Oh, I was way more aware of the, uh, airflow on my, uh, on my legs in particular. And the legs are the, the driving force, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in a track or really a wingsuit jump. So, yeah, I think yeah. tunnel is like the most awesome training tool that's, ever existed not just for skydiving like ever for anything best tool not not like the wheel maybe no fuck the wheel yeah. the wind tunnel, tunnel is yeah. way cooler Got anything else you guys want to what uh what is going on baffin getting ready for baffin getting oh, ready dude. for baffin there is a perfect blowout kit scenario no it's called charlie kalinkas is coming on the Dr. trip Dr. charlie is he gonna be standing right next to you yeah at all times so he's the medic i know the there's trip. a one time i've been hurt all he did was check me for priapism yeah mm-hmm. yeah we've gotten yeah. that on yeah the recording so, at least twice keep that in mind but yeah. i think bringing up dr charlie should be a, a cause to drink because he comes up that regularly you know what i'm gonna bring up the fact that he's only checked me for priapism when i'm hurt on every single Recording I'm on. I might just lead off with it at certain times. Like, hi, this is Ben. Well, when you've had a man <laughs> that far inside of you. Yeah. You, how can you not mention it? You know what I mean? Was he smiling when he did that? Of course he was smiling. Yeah. Smiling ear to ear. Like yeah. the, like the cat that disappears in Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Wait, so what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've told you this story before. No. No. My the the tension knot story. Mm-hmm. So I, I what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for those I, that are listening for uh, the first time. We're, that's okay. We're messing with Ben. Everybody has listened to this yeah. for the first time. <laughs> so go ahead and tell that story again. <laughs> Did you guys want to hear? Have you really not heard? I've told you this story. <laughs> yes. I know I'm sleep deprived, but I know I've told you this story. Well, if, somebody if, hasn't heard it yet. If no one else has heard it. I had attention knot, probably caused by poor packing, admittedly. It was affected all four of my line groups on my left riser and spun me into the ground pretty hard. And I would like to say I handled it well, but I did not. Um, but I did get lucky and hit some grass. And, uh, and yeah, Charlie was there. And my brother, who's also a paramedic, runs over, starts his assessment. And then Charlie runs over and I'm like, oh, good. We have a doctor here. Not just a doctor, an emergency room doctor. So bonus points. And then Charlie grabs a handful of my dick and balls and says, no priapism. 
quit being a pussy. And for anyone who's not familiar with priapism, if you have a spinal injury, oftentimes you'll have uh, an erection that won't go away. And that's referred to as a priapism in the medical field. So Charlie checks in for, for priapism, which is, is not the first thing you check for, but whatever. He's an ER doc. He knows what he's doing, right? <laughs> and did he also not have you clear your C-spine? And, and yeah. And then he goes, he's like, hey, touch your, uh, touch your chin to your right shoulder. And I'm like, oh, I know the drill. You know, like I've done this to other people, like making sure you don't have a twinge in your neck and because you're, you know, your body, your body will tell you if something's hurt there. So I turned my head to the right. Uh, it's all right. And he's like, turn your head to the left. And I'm like, oh, my neck is so good, which is weird because I have a bad neck. And I turn my neck and I'm like, and then he just stops talking. I'm like, you want me to look up and touch my chin in the chest? He's like, oh, I don't care about that. I just wanted you to see how much horse shit you're laying in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Charlie, you're a good friend of mine, but you're a terrible doctor. We need to get him on here. Yeah. yeah we really talk, talk, talk to him while we're in Baffin, or you're in Baffin. And, yeah. uh, Dude, we can call him like seven, tomorrow. Seven, right? It was just no, his birthday. I, we could call him at four in the morning and be like, "You're on the show." You know, and fuck and off. I I love the call. I love to call people, but I want him in, either in the Horner with us or here or some. You know, on the mic. Yeah, there there are a few people that it's like I'll, I'll wait to get him on the mic. Him and Farrell. It's two of them. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta get Charlie. I love Charlie. Don't let my storytelling about Charlie being a terrible doctor confuse you with how much I love that guy. <laughs> never, I never would have gotten that. Well, quick recap. Don't forget that the Valley Base Gear opening party is May 18, 19, 20. Yeah. You guys got anything else? No. Um, get a blowout kit and learn how to use it. Yeah. Be safe out there. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. And uh, May 18, 19, 20, Valley Base Gear opening party and... Be safe, kids. Free base. In one month, we're going to get to hear about Brian's Baffin trip. Yeah. Finally get to talk, get to stop talking about Baffin and actually hear about Baffin. I think that when you come back from that, you literally have to talk the whole next recording after you come back from that. Butt ass naked. Still sweating. Just to make Randy and I feel better about not having had been there. Yep. Sure. Uh, naked yoga. I think you need to bring that back while you're in Baffin. Yes. If I can pull it off, yes. I will get butt ass naked in my super awesome down boots that Dukes hooked me up with. Uh, yeah, boots, but nothing else. Yeah, like oh no, I'm I'm sorry. We are going to uh, do a polar bear swim. We're gonna cut a hole oh, in the happening. ice and that's, jump in the water. I'm super jealous and not at the exact same time right now. I'm just I'm jealous. Not, I'm not. I do not. I do not want to jump in a giant. Is there still openings for that trip? There's not. No. Is yeah. there, are you Doctor Charlie? Because guess who gets gets his own slot for being a doctor? Yeah, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. That piece of shit. Yeah. In fact, I I think I'm gonna send my go. I'm gonna send my new GoPro with you. If there was ever a time to have like, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, the best over the counter recording equipment possible at, at the time of that recording. At the time of the recording. Yeah. I'll for normal people ask like Char- when you get there, ask Charlie to see his med- medical equipment. He probably brought like a bag of sand or something. <laughs> a <with> toothbrush. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just brought extra warm clothes. He was just like, yeah, no, I packed more socks. He's brought a giant box of condoms. 
If, have I, a, if, if a, I need have gauze, a I'm going to take my sock off and stuff it in your gaping wound. You'll be all right. On that note, this <laughs> has been a Base Life podcast. Thanks, guys. All right. If you want to know more about our guests, just check out the show notes. And if you want to give us some feedback or reach out to us, you can hit us at baselife2014 at gmail.com, facebook.com backslash thebaselife, and on Instagram, we're at base.life. All right. Thanks.